In the wrestling world, the people are represented by two separate but unequally important groups. The wrestlers and bookers, who literally do all the hard work, and the fans, who endlessly nitpick and overanalyze everything they do. These are their stories. Welcome to Raw and Order, the wrestling booking unit, the only wrestling podcast on the planet that's actually excited there wasn't a major pay-per-view this week. Yeah, it's pretty stoked. Standing. Uh, I am your host, Detective Mark Smarts, and I am joined this week not by Vincent K. Fabe. Nope. I don't know where the fuck he's at. Uh, but we do have JLB with us. Uh, so JLB, you are my partner in crime fighting this week. Yay! Let's do it. Let's fight some crime and take down some bad guys. Because we got crimes to charge, and uh, I'm up for it, bud. Uh, I'd like to remind everyone that Raw and Order WBU is part of the Tatnusco Podcast Network. So once you're done listening to this, and of course liking, sharing, and subscribing, head on over to tatnusco.com. Check out the other shows on the network there. Do it. So I'm just going to start with crime number one because I'm sure it's something we'll want to talk about one way or another. But my crime is on AEW for pulling off the heist of the century uh, by keeping the MJF stable storyline as a surprise. I don't know anyone who saw that particular ending coming. We knew that the storyline eventually was MJF was going to turn on Chris Jericho. That's the storyline. But everyone that I know thought the plan was going to be MJF kicks Chris Jericho out of the inner circle and tries to take over the inner circle. Right. Nobody saw. No, he actually is starting the Four Horsemen or whatever they end up calling them. <clears throat> the pinnacle. Um, yeah, so I definitely didn't see it coming. I thought they did too much, though. Having, first and foremost, having the actual... Um, footage being shown and MJF talking to the guys and then Jericho's there like oh my god what's gonna happen what's gonna happen Sammy comes out and then uh, boom and then I like the fact that then the guys are like no we're on Jericho's side and then boom and then MJF gets kicked but then MJF had this plan all along where he he had already backup but I, I'm sorry, MJF. What if the guys didn't turn on you? Would you have still had that plan? It just seemed a bit... It was a bit too much for me. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to side with the MJF plan for this. Because um, last week when they announced the War Council was going to happen, uh, it was announced and MJF said, yeah, changes are going to have to happen. So he had it planned for uh the the new group the pinnacle which we now know is going to be called the pinnacle uh he had a plan for them to come in the whole time what i think his original plan was for the rest of the inner circle to turn on jericho and beat down jericho and sammy guevara and then he was going to turn on the rest of them too uh which which then would lead to not only would the inner circle be broken up but his his team is now victorious right, right. um that's at least the the plan in my head the way it would have worked out but in the end it was plans on plans on plans this was all about if they don't side with me what do i do for the next plan? my biggest complaint with it and it's a complaint i often have in wrestling 
I don't know if I've talked about it on the show, but it bugs me. The complaint is this. When the lights go out for these surprise debuts, the people have to be fucking ready to run and show up, right? And so often, like the case of this one, the lights go out and then it's like 60 seconds of blackness while the people all get into position before the lights come back. And that just doesn't work for me, you know? It needs to be almost instantaneous. Lights go out, 10 seconds, lights come back up, everyone's there. Like they appeared out of nowhere. Right. Which is the way that they used to do it. But recently, for multiple reasons, and I'm sure a lot of them are are, um, crowd-based reasons, uh, it's always been longer and longer and longer. Like, Bray Wyatt, anytime The Fiend shows up, it's lights go out and then just it's dark for so long while he runs to the ring and gets in and 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 that just bugs me and it needs to be the people need to be hiding under the ring and then lights go out and they jump up into the ring you know what i mean and maybe that could have had a part to play in it where maybe it just took too long but even how it was presented when the lights came back, I still was kind of like, and I don't know if it's generally just the people, like, oh, okay, it's Tully and uh, Sean Spears and, um, you know, everybody with them there. So basically, and I'm like, I instantly thought, oh, the four horsemen, but then there's too many people. Yeah, but there's, too many, there's too many in the end to be the four horsemen, which that's another part of the swerve there. They had us thinking four horsemen and that wasn't what they were planned for. Their plans were the six horsemen. <laughs> I mean, um, hey, before but, why can't there be six? But in the end, well, I think the Bible would have something to say with that, but that's beside oh, the point. Um, but in the end, I guess the, the whole lights going out and them appearing in the ring might part of the problem be that their characters aren't based off of that. These are street brawler characters. These are wrestling characters, right? So instead of them showing up in darkness, this should have been them just jumping up from behind. You know what I mean? They could have done the whole thing without the lights going out. Yeah, they definitely could have. Because I'm sorry, it was kind of disappointing. When you take out the lights, I was expecting someone new. And I think that's perhaps a, a misconception that I do every time the lights go out I'm thinking like of a big name or uh, you know because we're so used to uh, you know an undertaker lights go out a sting uh, lights go out sort of ordeal and then not a faction technically um, and I don't know it just it, maybe it's just the the fact I feel like the faction itself doesn't do well together. Like, I don't see... I could see MJF leading a faction. I just can't see MJF leading a faction with Sean Spears, Tully, um, uh, FTR, and uh, that's it. I don't know. I just don't see it. Maybe that's also my issue. Um, I did feel it was a bit rushed with everything. A little overlap on overlap on overlap. Um... I liked it, but something was off for me. Maybe it was too much. I was It was a shock within a shock. Uh, or maybe I'm just not a fan of him joining uh, the, the Tully brand, if you will, um, and becoming the lead voice there. Like, I could see him be the leader, but I can't see him be the leader with that specifically. If that makes any sense. Yeah, it's almost almost too many leaders in the group sort of thing. I get that. Um, there were a few things. They telegraphed their punch by not having Wardlow out there with the rest of the inner circle for the meeting. 
Um, and I think that's something they could have done. They could have had Wardlow out there, have it look like he's turned on MJF too, and then know something. I don't know, maybe. But but in the end, I think I think the biggest thing is just having it go dark, and um, that's something you use for supernatural character. It probably would have been to do a bit of fantasy booking. I think this would have worked better. MJF is cowering in the corner. MJF is like, oh, oh no, no, please don't kick me out. I, I always wanted to be part of the group. And then he goes, just not this group. And then you hear the FTF, FTR truck come driving in. And in the back of the truck is Wardlow and Sean Spears and Tully. And they get out and they come into the ring from the other side. See, that I might actually have kind of liked. I think maybe it was just the presentation of it all. Uh, that messed me up, perhaps. Because in the end, ring going black, almost Ollie, always, to me, is supernatural-based character, right? Mm. Whether it's The Fiend or The Undertaker or Sting or Kane, you know? That's something that happens with the supernatural-based character. Uh, even in NXT, they don't do the ring blackout too often, but when they did do it, it was always the kind of crazier characters, the uh, Velveteen Dream, who, while they're not supernatural-based, they're kind of wild and crazy-based, and that kind of bridges that gap. Or Karrion Cross did a killer cross, I should say, because that's his real name, if you ask me. Fucking Karrion. <laughs> uh, but Karrion Cross, you know, it would go black, and then he would show up. But his whole gimmick is this whole over-the-top sort of a thing. But all of the the FTR gimmick, the Tully Blanchard, the Sean Spears gimmick, has always been based more in realism. Right. So, so I think, frankly, they should have just been in the crowd and just jumped the, the fence and jumped up right behind them. You know what I mean? No. Yeah, I think I maybe would have liked that. And maybe... Yeah, I don't know. Just the presentation for me was off. So perhaps I, again, lights off doesn't necessarily mean a superhuman figure. Uh, although it makes sense. We only see that with Sting, Kane, and Thing. But it just means a bigger name, in my opinion. I get it. Tully's a huge name or whatever, FTR. But something different. Or have them show up. Did they? Were they in the ring already? No, they came out from the uh, Thing, right? Uh, I think they showed up right behind him in the ring, but... Like, even that, I feel, was a bit off. I'll have to maybe look at that again. But I don't know. I was just kind of like, eh. I, I think it maybe was just a presentation for me. Like, and just, I don't know. We'll see how they work together, I guess. But who leads that group? Tully is kind of a leader. FTR doesn't take no crap. MJ, it's basically the same thing where Jericho has a hold of his people and then MJF is with Wardlow. It's this Wardlow. It's exactly the same thing. So Pro probably the biggest question mark we have out of this, though, it's not necessarily who leads MJF's new group. I think it's going to be established. MJF is the leader. Tully is the architect, the brains, uh, you know, and so on and so forth. But the biggest question is, does this make Inner Circle faces now? Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, because they're obviously the faces of this this feud right but they've done nothing in their time in aew to justify them being faces right uh 
Sammy Guevara obviously looked like he was doing a face turn when he left the inner circle because right. they were heel groups. So, so now suddenly are we supposed to start rooting for Jericho and the inner circle like their faces? That's a little nebulous because they haven't they haven't earned their face status. You know what I mean? I, but I still kind of got it though. Like I got it when Sammy came out and how Jericho has been acting in the past few weeks too is a little less of an arrogant prick. Um, okay, maybe not. Okay, I don't know. Like I feel like there's certain things he's doing now. He's a little less cocky As, aside from maybe when he's directly with doing MJF in a tag match or whatever. Still has that cockiness to him, but he seems like... He's rolled it back a bit. I don't know. Like, I, I took it for them to be as faces. So, I like, Jericho was kind of more, like, questioning things. Well, what do you mean? What do you mean? You know what I mean? Like, he's almost innocent instead of being the manipulator of the situation. So, I don't know. I kind of got that vibe that that's what it is now. Inner circle is face and the pinnacles are heels. But in the end, again, my point is just from a character standpoint. It was just a few weeks ago. The Santana and Ortiz were jumping people backstage, right? Right. They, they've done nothing as a whole to justify their face status. Um, I'm fine with them being faces. I just think there needs to be a little bit more done for, like, is is Cody supposed to just suddenly trust them now? You know? Mm. I don't think so. Darby's supposed to suddenly trust them. Sting's supposed to come out and trust them. They've done nothing to earn that. There needs to be an earning for that. Uh, the other question that needs to be talked about, which I'm sure we'll find out in the future, um, Chris Jericho's in that segment was about to announce, before Sammy Guevara came out, was about to announce, quote, a new member of the inner circle. Um, so who was that going to be, is the question. Now, there are rumors, and some of them are unsubstantiated rumors, uh, but... Well, who do you think it was going to be, I guess, is the question. Uh, well, again, so I've heard the same rumors you've heard. Um, I think Jericho, or at least on Jericho's website thing, Web is Jericho sort of deal. They even mentioned an article about them wanting a woman to be part of Inner Circle. Um, so, of course, I'm, I'm leading to this being uh, Zelina Vega, who apparently has signed, but nothing has been confirmed. Uh, by TK. So, just in general, or who's currently in the AEW roster? Well, that's the question. Is I mean, it doesn't have to be someone new. It makes more sense if it's someone new. But, like, Inner Circle could have called out Jade Cardgill and say, she's our new member. And it would have made sense. from a, Before the, the betrayal, she was the perfect sort of Inner Circle person, right? Recruit, cocky, up and comer, mean streak, you know, got a good look, all of that stuff. She doesn't fit the new inner circle. No, definitely not. Definitely not. And that's where it's interesting. Now, yeah, the rumor is Zelina Vega wrestling under either a new name or her real name, Thea Trinidad, um, uh, which would be a big hit. Uh, but she could also technically work too, because I think no matter what, she's going to be face um, when she comes in at first. She does play a very convincing heel, though. Mm -hmm. So I am not sure if I've seen her as a face technically, because she's been a heel for the majority of her career. Um, so I don't know. I mean, she doesn't. She, 
I mean, again, but maybe I don't want her in inner circle. I don't want her to do anything with being a managerial role as part of a tag team, as part of rumors about him being with her being with Santino and Ortiz. No, I don't want this. Stop. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, no, I 100% want her to be a wrestler. Yeah. I'm not saying she wasn't good as El Idolo's manager, but she has got way too much in-ring skill to be relegated to manager all the time. And that's part of where WWE dropped the ball with her. And it's not a bad thing, because look, if, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? She's super great at doing that, you know, to the point where a lot of people couldn't see her do anything else because she's so good at doing that. Um, but yeah, no, we definitely need, she's, up. I remember seeing her in NXT wrestling a few times and she was phenomenal, you know? So get her back to that. I think that would be uh, definitely a good look for her and get her motivated again to actually do stuff in the wrestling business. Um, I don't know, man. I, a face in her circle who could be joining. Uh, I, I can't even venture a guess, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, it's a tough thing because, again, we're we're focusing a lot on women's wrestlers who could be joining, but there's nothing that says it has to be. That's just based on the speculation that's gone out there, you know, and Zelina Vega, Thea Trinidad, whatever she ends up wrestling at, she won't be wrestling as Zelina Vega. We know that much because that's a WWE trademark. Um, but whether she wrestles under her real name or comes up with a new name, we don't know. Um, and we don't know she's been signed. That's important to note here. Um right. Her 90-day no-compete has been over for about a month, a few weeks at least. Um, reportedly, on a, on an interview, Tony Khan uh, said he thought she was still in her 90-day, and he was very interested in talking to her, but he didn't want he doesn't talk to people until their 90 days is up, which um, I think goes a lot toward to his knowledge um, from being co-owner of other sporting teams like in the NFL you cannot talk to a, a competing a, a person on a competing team until their contract is at a certain stage up either unrestricted free agent or you know or something like that and so that's what it comes down to is he wasn't going to talk to her until she was totally out of her contract um but he obviously had interest in her now again that interview is two weeks ago three weeks ago now so a lot can have changed in those three weeks he very well could have had her signed um we just don't know there are like reportedly chris statlander is really close to coming back does she fit in the inner circle as it used to be no does she, could she maybe fit in the inner circle as face inner circle possibly I don't, I don't think so, but that's at least a possibility. Could they um, grab one of the lesser-used women's wrestlers and bring them in? Uh, you know, I mean, there's there's a possibility. They go, they grab Penelope Ford and Kip Sabian and say, you're now in the inner circle, I guess. But it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Mm -hmm. So that's why so much of the focus is on external. You know, who outside of AEW could have been coming in. Um, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. That's it. We'll have to wait and see. Um, I would say I'm curious to see, but if those spoilers are correct, I kind of already know what happens next week, but I'll obviously still watch. Um, and that kind of leads me to my point, um, and perhaps one of my crimes of AEW dropping the ball again and uh, recording... 
two shows in a week. Um, I, I I get with the Japanese wrestlers, you know, you want to do those people because whatever, they have to go back home. Sure, by all means. But do the stuff you only need to or don't have people in the audience and just use wrestlers for the show that you're going to take because you're going to get spoilers. And you've been so good at not releasing spoilers because for a good chunk of that time, you didn't really have much of a crowd. Um, But if you're going to tape, I understand the reasons. I don't blame you for that. But you're going to get a bunch of... um, What's the word I'm looking for? Not Debbie Downers, but you're going to get a bunch of... um, Yeah, just sour rabbits. Totally not a saying, but just thought popped in my head so i'm gonna use it you're gonna get some lame potatoes some lame potatoes uh certainly uh gonna ruin it for aew and that's gonna you know make aew not want to open up to the fans again apparently they're really serious about trying to find the person who did that but that in itself is very difficult um i don't know how many fans they had at the show but it's still gonna be you know no one's gonna openly admit to it uh and kind of ruin like i i try not to read the results but then you have a site go here a site go there a site tell you this oh no mgf's thing is called the pinnacle i'm sorry people who listen now you know the 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 team is called pinnacle but if i can't be surprised anymore neither can you um that's right i am like mjf i've done a i've done a heel turn or i guess i don't know whoever turned heel recent um yeah no so that's that's my charge um aew for um not doing their due diligence and perhaps not having fans for uh their future recordings um I thought you were supposed to be live too, you know, so kind of uh, suspending my belief that what's going on is live and not the or at least majority live and not some of, and some of it taped, you know. So um, not a fan of AEW for that, and uh, I guess that's one of my charges because I have a few others, uh, but decided to stick with that one for now. Yeah, I mean, it's it sucks. I, I'm literally looking at the spoilers for this week's episode right now because I'm a sucker and, and, and can't not. Um, but but it's one of those things. Yeah, it kind of sucks uh, that they're doing... I get a lot of the reasons behind it with the wrestlers' travel schedule and with COVID and everything. It can be hard to arrange for a full suite of, of wrestlers there on one night uh, every week to record, especially with technically three shows right now two AEW dark shows and a dynamite i mean they must be recording two nights out of the week one of them they do dynamite and one of the darks the next one they do the next week's dynamite and another dark i guess um but can't you especially for the wrestlers who are in the states why can't you then do some and then tape some so tape the the stuff for the wrestlers who don't live nearby or the stuff at dark and whatever sure you can do that in one day no one's gonna really spoil the and even if they do whatever it's just matches big whoop you know but have your promos and your monologues live this can be done i'm sure no problem all right guys the tape's gonna end here go on now you know what i mean like that shouldn't be an issue i'm sure they know how to do that, no problem. So it looks like everything's in sync and perfect. Yeah, I mean, it, it kind of sucks. Uh, 
I think it's a temporary thing. Uh, I think some of it comes down to all of the companies, WWE, AEW, Impact, Ring of Honor, NWA, where they're all at that point where they're just counting down the days till they can have full crowds again. Uh, and can start opening up to to traveling to different states to do performances. Because AEW, while they they didn't do house shows, they were traveling state to state to do Dynamite. And and I think maybe that plays into it. They're like, let's record two weeks at a time. That way, during the week that we've got recorded, we can can evaluate whether uh, we can start planning some some on-the-road tapings. You know, but... It does kind of suck. I mean, I'm not someone who hates uh, spoilers like a lot of other people do, but... I mean, look, I don't hate it. Uh, yeah, I am just annoyed that, that AEW has been so good of not giving us any spoilers that it made me remember that time where we didn't have the internet and we couldn't necessarily know what was going on because I didn't read those damn magazines. So... Um, it just brought me back to that time where I enjoyed wrestling. Because, hey, guess what? I didn't know what was going to happen for the most part. You know? Um, Revolution. The fact that we didn't know who that person was. There was no dirt sheet that had any idea. Bunch, Well, rumors. Bunch of rumors. One of those rumors turned out to be true. But at the end of the day, there was so much kerfuffle within those rumors that no one knew. I was genuinely excited and annoyed, but mostly excited because I didn't know what was going to happen, you know? So that was one of AEW's perks compared to WWE or NXT, you know? So that was just a little disappointing on my part. I, I There's no rev, uh, revolution. There's no resolution, I guess, for it, aside from maybe not have fans at that one. Well, the the resolution is don't pre-tape. Um, that's the only thing. Or, like you say, not have fans. I mean, uh, WWE has done a fair amount of pre-taping, but they haven't had live fans at their shows. That's so it. they can get away with it, you know. Um, but AEW has live fans at that point. You know, you've kind of got to gotta either do things live or risk spoilers getting out i will uh put a slight misdemeanor charge to the spoilers for this if you're gonna be a spoiler you can't try to play the nice guy card the person who posted the spoilers for this week this coming week's dynamite he posted spoilers for every match right every single match um you know they hinted on last week's dynamite that pentagram El Zero Miedo and uh, Cody are going to have a match. Guess what? They have a match, right? He posted breakdown of that exact match. He programmed the breakdown of the next match, the breakdown of the MJF faction promo, breakdown of the next match, all the way through, breaking down every single match, but it gets to the final match of the night, the main event match, right? Which uh, I believe had ar- was already announced. It was announced on Dynamite. So it's not a spoiler to say that it's going to be Britt Baker versus Thunder Rosa in an unsanctioned Lights Out match, right? <laughs> right. Um, that's not a spoiler. But here's where he tries to play good guy. After spoiling the entire show, he says, I'm not spoiling this match. You have to watch it. You can't suddenly play the good guy card, right? 
if you're gonna have this whole thing of I, I'm not gonna spoil this because it's important for you to watch it, then don't fucking spoil anything. That's right? it. Don't spoil MJF's crew name because people were literally gonna watch for that. You know, um, don't spoil title matches. You know, like come on, like I, it, if if you're gonna try to play this moral guy who's like, oh, this match is so good or so important, I'm not gonna spoil it then you can't spoil any of the matches. This is all or nothing territory. Either spoil it or don't, but you can't, you don't get points for suddenly having morals for one of the matches. Exactly, yeah. Um, and obviously AEW is still gonna be pissed at you anyways. Like, mm-hmm. come on. <laughs> now don't get me wrong, I'm excited <laughs> for the Thunder Rosa versus Britt Baker match. I'm excited to see what happens there. I'm excited, I you know, even though we know the name of the group now, MJF is still one of the better promos in the game. Oh, so. for sure. Still, I, I mean, I'm still going to watch. It's not like, oh, well, I knew everything that's going to happen. Screw it. Um, and I, I guess the spoiler also let me think, believe into like, oh, is Selena going to show up in this match? Is that what's going to happen? Why doesn't he want to spoil it? Is it going to be a big thing? Sure. And whatever. Cool story, bro. I probably could have came up with that anyways. Uh, if that was going to happen, because guess what? It's an all, it's an unsanctioned match. Uh, we had rumors that Zelina might have, might be coming. Who knows what's going to happen? You know, <sighs> spoilers, a bunch of party poopers, lame old potatoes. I tell you, lame old potatoes. I really have to work on that team. <laughs> yeah. But no, yeah, I, I get it. Like the spoilers just in general. I don't tend to to hate them so much, but again, I just hate wishy washiness. If if you're gonna be a spoiler, fucking spoil it, right? Spoil <laughs> uh, it. You know, I mean, like if, if if you're gonna be that guy who says want to hear the most annoying sound in the world, then you better fucking be the guy who makes the most annoying sound in the world, right? Nope. Gonna stay silent and wait till you just get so ticked off that you storm out of the room. <laughs> But the most annoying sound in the world is no sound at all. Nope. Nope. By definition, that is not the most annoying sound in the world. (laughs) We will move on to misdemeanors. Normally we'd have a third crime here, but someone decided to stand us up to them. I mean, I'll do another crime, if anything. And uh, it goes out to Randy Orton. For more black goat? Well, more black. It goes out to Raw, actually. You know what? I'm not singling out Randy Orton. It goes out to Raw for being a repetitive of for being the same exact show as last you had i I gotta be honest i'm debating on stopping watching raw i love wrestling i love watching wrestling but right now between aew dark elevation aew dark impact wrestling aew dynamite nxt there's a whole lot of wrestling going on that is not named wwe raw or wwe smackdown yep i might live a happier life that way so you're not going to watch Raw or SmackDown because you don't get SmackDown because of, uh, you know, Fling TV. Uh, <laughs> I might I might just temporarily like I, I think I mentioned this on a previous show. I might let you guys become the WWE main roster reviewers <laughs> uh, and me just focus on on the little guys. <laughs> There's just so much. Again, I got a job. I got a three-year-old. I I literally cannot watch all the wrestling all the time. No, for sure. It's a lot. 
Uh, and honestly, I watch Raw, I watch SmackDown, I watched NXT because now my Wednesdays are filled with stuff. Not only do I have Big Brother, I got freaking Dynamite. Then I got NXT. I literally watch Big Brother because it's at 7. I watch Dynamite because it starts at 8. So 8 to 10, I watch that. I PVR NXT. NXT, I'm watching from 10 to 12. Thank God I have no life because if I had a kid, if I had a job I had to go to to commute to, forget about it. <laughs> forget about it. Forget about it. Yeah, having a three-year-old is all sorts of fun when daylight savings time comes around. I'll tell you what. I don't get that. It pushed an hour pushed forward. Yes. When she earlier? No, because in her mind, it's it's an hour earlier, right? So two o'clock became three o'clock. So at what was ten o'clock our time, she's like, it's still nine o'clock, I'm still awake. Because in her mind, it's an hour earlier. And you can't explain that to a three-year-old because they just don't understand. So now I'm putting her to bed an hour early in her mind. She's like, no, I don't want to go to sleep. It's an hour early. But if you have routinely put her into bed the same time every day, her body clock would have been like ready to sleep, no? No, because her body clock said it's only eight o'clock. It's only nine o'clock. She normally goes to bed right around nine. Right? So nine o'clock comes and she's like, no, in her body clock, it's only eight o'clock. Her internal clock is still saying it's an hour earlier because of daylight saving time. So then I had to run her around until 10 o'clock just to get her tired enough to go to bed because 10 o'clock was finally nine o'clock when she normally goes to bed. And yes, I'm a horrible parent. I keep my kid up till nine o'clock on the regular basis. Don't fucking at me. <laughs> and you can certainly add him at Raw in order. I normally work till seven. I kind of want to actually enjoy some of my time with my kids. So she stays up till nine. You can also add him at Raw in order WBU and do the hashtag. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Bring it. <laughs> Don't think it. Bring it. Um, yeah. Misdemeanors. I'm tired. Um, I'm trying to think if I have any other misdemeanors to really talk about. No, not really. I mean, I guess, yeah, Raw and Order for being, not Raw, Raw for being the same show again. Except, you know, we had uh, an absolute phenomenal women's tag match featuring Lana and Naomi. Um, I blame uh, Reginald for that. Because my misdemeanor is going to, well, first of all, the whole Naya Regino bull bonanza, but also going to WWE for just not using Naya Jax. Uh, excuse me, don't ever use Naya Jax to scratch that. Not using Shayna Baszler and we're in this stupid storyline. I Sh- hope. Shayna Baszler should be in a single storyline where she's just fucking destroying everybody. Yeah. I don't know what she's doing. I don't know what they're doing with her. Why does Vince not like her? This doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it's the same thing. There's the frustration with the Raw, with the, the WWE main roster, I should even say, is they've got so much talent and they just can't use them all because they just don't know how to do anything. Like Aleister Black. What the fuck? Right? Is he not Where's, injured? No, he's not injured. He, oh. They reportedly just don't have anything for him, so he's just standing around backstage 
doing nothing. Buddy Murphy. What the fuck? Well, I think he's with Seth now. You don't watch SmackDown. I think no. he's with Seth again. No? Yeah, I think he's back with Seth. But the entire time Seth was off air, what did you do with Murphy? Nothing. Okay. Yeah. This is one of the better wrestlers you have in your company. And he just sits around doing nothing, right? Uh, in the women's division, you have Baszler doing nothing. And guess what's going to happen? Rhea Ripley's going to start showing up on Raw. And Baszler's going to be doing nothing. I mean, yeah. she's going to be in the stupid tag division. Which now, this is a misdemeanor to talk about. What the fuck use is it to have a women's tag division that's goes around to all of the shows if you're just going to give one of the other shows their own women's tag titles. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh! If, if SmackDown... If SmackDown doesn't just come on the air next week saying, well, if NXT is going to have tag champions, we're going to have our own tag champions, what the fuck are they doing? Well, I mean, they have too many titles, first of all. My friend had just posted a meme um, where literally you have... The WWE title on Raw, the WWE title on SmackDown, the tag team title on Raw, tag team titles on SmackDown. And just, there's about 15 titles throughout all the brands, including NXT UK. But it's just like, I think that's the problem. Because they have so many titles, I think the writers get overwhelmed. It's not giving them an excuse, but clearly they can't handle all of these titles so i think the discussion of now it's kind of hard with nxt uk and nxt to necessarily do anything because they're obviously in the uk right they're not actually in the states correct mm -hmm. nxt uk is literally in the, in the uk right so um you can't really make it a one title thing there but i'm thinking man you unify the tags the tags go to each brand the woman's title goes to each brand and it's just because with all of these titles one they're not showcasing all of their titles which because it's too many you're gonna literally have a title match on every section of the card um but also it leads you not to build up decent storylines for anybody because you have too many titles too many wrestlers and you're technically still using the same ones over and over because i feel like they just get overwhelmed with knowing what to do next <sighs> i don't know i, I don't I think don't it's necessarily a too many titles situation it's a too much overlap situation right you can have all these titles as long as there's no overlap between your shows but as soon as you have them in a shared universe situation that's when you have problem right uh because that's when suddenly it's like you know how do i word this if smackdown was its own entire separate universe then having a smackdown title holder would make sense right, right. But SmackDown's not its own separate universe. It's part of the WWE universe, which means at this point, which is the premier title in WWE? Is it the universal title or is it the world title? Is it the WWE title? Right. Which is the premier one? That's where the problem comes. And because they don't run their, their shows as separate universes entirely, right? To use a, a other sport reference, right? Because they don't have SmackDown as the Canadian Football League and Raw as the NFL, there's confusion over which title is important, 
right? I mean, this is roughly like having the Patriots be the AFL champion and the Cowboys be the NFC champion, uh, the AFC and NFC champion. Who, who's the bigger champion? Right. So you have to build separation between the two ones for it to make any sense. And they just don't have that separation. That's where the problem um, Do Do I think they probably have too many titles? I think having a Raw title, a SmackDown title, an NXT title, and then comparable Raw women's title, SmackDown women's title, NXT title... It's fine. I think having Intercontinental and, and United States Champion is fine. And then, of course, North American and NXT. Um, the problem is, I think, if you're going to do that and still have them all be the same universe, there needs to be one top title, right? So you could be the SmackDown title holder, but then there's also the Universal title holder who can appear on all three shows. See if that makes sense? I feel like you just added another title. To that them. is adding a title. But it's adding a title that's above all three of them. So now the top title on each brand is a stepping stone to the main title. Because like I said, I don't think it's that they have too many titles. I think it's that there's there's no hierarchy to the titles. There's no logic to the title. Um, but my biggest part of the, the promo was less about how many titles. In fact, my the answer that I had in it was adding a new title. If you're going to have an NXT tag women's title then there needs to be a smackdown women's tag title um because the whole point of this the tag titles being unified for the women's was that they could compete on any of the brands so what are we gonna have are we gonna have Shayna baszler and nia Jax go down to nxt and be like hey we're the real tag champions because we won last week anyways so now your tag title means nothing right now it means nothing but that's beside the point you know i don't and i don't know why they even came up with the nxt tag titles i thought it was interesting that um like they were going the right way originally when they had when they had the tag when they had Naya and Shayna go down. I was excited for that match. I was like, oh cool. We get to see Naya and Shayna back in NXT sort of deal. You know, that was really cool to see. And then they're like, hey no, next week, uh well and then on top not only do you give Raquel and I forget the other person. Dakota Kai. Dakota Kai. Uh the tag team titles, but you make them lose it an hour later. They sort of they sort of uh, made it almost an, a misdemeanor, but they regained themselves by making Raquel potentially go for the NXT title, which I'm pretty excited for. Um, but honestly, they made this whole presentation and you say, oh, you guys won the tournament. Well, here, you, you're awarded with the tag team titles. And then an hour later, you lose. Like, so, so the backstage information that I'd heard was the original plan was for the tag titles to go to the winner of the women's Dusty Cup, right? But that their original plan for was for the women's Dusty Cup to be later in the year. Uh, uh, and then they got overruled and got told that the women's Dusty Cup had to happen at the same time as the men's Dusty Cup. So then they had to rush the women's tag title picture for that. But even then, they weren't able to have the titles ready in time for the winning match, so they couldn't debut them at that. But kind of to your misdemeanor, why give them to Dakota Kai and and Raquel Gonzalez in the first place, right? If you didn't give it to them at winning the Dusty Cup, 
then what you should have done is said, hey, um, we're introducing our own tag titles. We're going to have a match tonight between the winners of the Dusty Road Tag Team Classic, Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai, and Shotzi Blackheart and and uh, Amber Moon. And then you're not giving them the title just for them to lose it an hour later. It's you're giving them the opportunity to win it and they lose it. Yes, exactly. That would have just made so much more sense. And you still could have done your Raquel thing. No problem to go to the NXT title. I just don't see what their reasoning for that was. Because the tournament, you, you can't go to a chess tournament and say, oh, it's just a chess tournament for fun. I don't know why I chose chess. But just a chess tournament for fun. And then a week later, oh, by the way, you won the chess tournament. Here's a $1,000 reward for winning the chess tournament. Oh, but I didn't know I was playing for $1,000. Oh, well, you know, it is what it is. Here, yeah. you won. Well, and then saying, oh, but by the way, you have another chess game later tonight. And whoever wins that actually gets the $1,000. $1,000. <laughs> yeah, that $1,000 we just gave you. Don't spend it until after this match later because you might not have it after. <laughs> yeah, that was such a, and I'm, I'm, I want to know who. I feel like that wasn't a Triple H decision. That sounded so stupid. I feel like it had to have been overruled by Vince or something. I don't know why, but it was just, it's ridiculous. It just didn't make any sense. NXT usually doesn't go that route of being that stupid and making your people look bad so i don't know that's definitely uh something i was very puzzled by that nxt did and i was like huh yeah um i also have a misdemeanor i just thought of this um but i have my misdemeanor is at wwe in general but kind of at wrestling in general for making my uh week of wrestlemania already that's already hellacious even more hellacious um yeah there is literally going to be wrestling every night that week. Literally. And just counting WWE. If yeah. we just count WWE, well, technically Tuesday is off. But we got Monday Night Raw. Tuesday is off for WWE. But if you're a TNA fan, you're watching Impact. And if you're a Dark fan, you're watching Dark. So that Tuesday is not off for you. Wednesday, you got NXT, which is great. But then you also got Dynamite. I also have Big Brother. Once again, but wrestling fan, you have Dynamite and NXT. If you're, but of course, if you're an NXT fan, you're going to want to watch TakeOver, which is also going to be two nights. So Thursday, Friday, you got your NXT TakeOver, which I'm really excited for. But then I have to try to contain my excitement, because guess what? Then I have WrestleMania on Saturday and Sunday. Whew, that was just exhausting to say. Imagine watching all of it. I, I've got a wife that I've got to try to keep happy that week. Yeah, right? no, just start doing things for her now, bud. You're not going to yeah, keep her happy, I, though. I got to fucking clean the entire house a couple times over just to keep her. She'd be like, you're watching wrestling again? I go, hey, remember I cleaned the house two weeks ago? Yeah, I don't think that's going to fly. No, it's not. <laughs> yeah, you're going to have to be doing, can, can your PVR record six shows at a time? Uh... Since it's a since it's an online streaming PVR, it can record as many as I need to, so that's fine. It's just <laughs> you don't want spoilers, or you do want spoilers. Just make sure they spoil the whole thing. <laughs> I mean, we already talked about how exhausting it is to keep up with wrestling right now, uh, but add in two nights of Takeover at the same week that you're already having two nights of WrestleMania. 
Yeah, I almost wish. And I don't know why NXT TakeOver needs two nights, though. Like, just make it three hours. Your show would usually be two hours. Just make it a three-hour show. You're, are you honestly going to have two nights worth of stuff to, that you can be able to do? Do we know what's going to be happening so far? What the plans are for NXT TakeOver? I don't think even WWE ha- knows what the plans are for NXT TakeOver right now. Mm. They're just like, oh, let's make two of them. Like WrestleMania, I get because this whole six hour, seven hour bonanza is crazy. So I get it. Cool story, bro. You're dealing with Raw and SmackDown. You're going to put your best matches. Great. I get it. Two nights. But TakeOver was perfect at two hours. You generally had a good chunk, or maybe it was two hours and a half sometimes, but you had enough material that made it enjoyable and the matches were good. I don't see why you need another night for a takeover unless it's just going to be a bunch of filler matches. Tell you what, they better not put the uh, Finn Balor versus Karrion Cross on night two. <laughs> why? Just watch that one. Just give me <laughs> what I want. That's. <laughs> oh, oh, wait, hold on. Tuesday, they do have something. They have the Hall of Fame ceremony. That's right. That's what it was. I knew there was something on Tuesday. <laughs> Oh, jeez. Which, by the way, Molly Holly, first inductee. Congratulations, finally. Jeez. Congrats, sir. In fact, to be perfectly honest, uh, I don't normally watch the, uh, what is it, Talking Smack? The Bump. Or the Bump or whatever one it is. I can't remember. Was it? I thought it was Talking Smack. I thought it was the one after. Well, I mean, if it's the Molly Holly thing, it's the Bump. It was the Bump. Anyway, I don't normally watch any of the WWE Talking Head shows. They, they, oh, that's what it was. I'm, I'm getting it confused with the Peyton Royce thing. Um, but I did watch the clip of, of them telling her that she was the first announced nominee for, or first announced not nominee, but person for the Hall of Fame this year, inductee for this year, and uh, for a sport that so many things in it are fake, which you know is all of it uh this was obvious one of those moments she did not know that that's why she was on that show to be announced as the first (laughs) i thought you were gonna go the other way there because i was gonna say she seemed genuinely shocked yes and she was even crying that's my point Uh, she so she obviously did not know that that's what was gonna happen Um, and i thought that was awesome they need more of that kind of stuff because I mean, what is she going to say? No, I don't want it. Or, oh, I can't be there. That You have to just stay home. Stay home. Get the award. It's a great award. Who wouldn't? You know, I loved how they did that. It was so human of them to do. And I was just happy for her. I was like, oh, dude, that's so awesome. I see your your genuine human emotion here. Like, she didn't know anything. It was awesome. So, but yeah, congratulations, Molly Holly. She definitely deserves it. Um, it's going to be excited to see who else uh, makes the list this year. Of course, they are doing this year as a double uh, induction because they did not actually do Hall of Fame inductions for last year. Uh, I totally forgot about that because I remember that they had mentioned the people, but I guess, yeah, of course, COVID and all that can't get a ceremony and Zoom calls weren't a thing yet. So they didn't know how to do that and get all that set up. So, so, so the members who were to be inducted last time did not get inducted last year. Right. So they're doing two years at once. So also congratulations, even though it's a year late for them notifying and noting about it. But Batista, JBL, British Bulldog, 
Jushin Thunder Liger, New World Order, and the Bella Twins for last year. Uh, but this year, Molly Holly, it's going to be interesting to see who they who they follow up with this year. So, <clears throat> yeah, that's it. It's uh, definitely not going to be Jim Cornette. Jim Cornette is not going to be on that uh, on that Hall of Fame. I'll tell you that much. Fuck Jim Cornette. <laughs> oh, jeez. Um, in terms of accommodations, though, I gotta give an accommodation to Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn still dealing with this documentary. Uh, Kevin Owens bringing back the KO show and them two potentially working together for Wrestlemania I am super down for that take my money or do you not see it right now no I'm fine with it yeah it'll be a good show I mean they put on great matches together I I'm not excited for bringing back the KO show because fucking the last thing WWE needs is more talk shows on their TV ding dong hello <laughs> Like I mean, I'm an Alexa Bliss fan. I I literally could not care if I ever see another moment of Bliss. Just um, you 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 got to keep the Bailey show. I think the Bailey show is hilarious. I just and it's the one <laughs> thing I'm hoping we never ever ever see in AEW is a talk show. Because uh, they've well, done I, it on I, Impact and they've done it on Ring of Honor. Uh, I do not want to see it on AEW. I feel like Jericho would bring like another highlight reel sort of deal. Because the problem is they do too many of them. You have Miz TV, which is fantastic and should just be the only one. You have a Bliss, you have the KO show, you have Ding Dong Hello. Uh, and I think that's it. So you have I'm like- done with them all. I don't want to see another Miz TV. <sighs> I don't want to see another moment of bliss. Miz TV hasn't even been fun in a year and a half. Whoa. When was the last Miz TV that you actually were entertained by? Um, I don't know. I just like them together, though. They're funny. So, um... They are funny. Do you know when they were most funny? When they allowed them to do an internet show where they had fun, right? <laughs> so let them do an internet show and not take up time on RT. Or do something on the network or something. Have, like, a yeah. Miz TV kind of... Yeah, that's valid. The dirt sheet, but... Uh, I had a commendation and now it slipped my mind. It was AEW related, but I don't know. I don't remember. Someone uh, Yeah. A comm- uh, commendation for Miro for fucking ripping into Jim Cornette this week. <laughs> yeah, no, well, and Kip Sabian. Kip Sabian also just really went AWOL on him too. Basically alluded to the rumor, well, not the rumors, but the, the whole thing with Cornette's wife as well and all that and i was like whoa like he really went above well of course it's his wife you don't call his wife a, a slut you know what i mean like it's just it's cornet just trying to get viewers for his podcast on youtube and whatever and it's just stupid it's it, I, the wrestlers have don't even care about him anymore and are just fed up you know, this is not the worst thing he said, but it doesn't necessarily matter because him just talking about something he knows nothing about anymore because he's so in his times of 30 years ago that, you know, his opinion doesn't matter anymore. So, it, in fact, that brings me to something to at least talk about uh, uh, as a as a misdemeanor that I skipped. Uh, misdemeanor to YouTube for continuing to suggest Jim Cornette videos to me. <laughs> How many fucking times do I have to tell you, YouTube? I don't want to see a Jim Cornette video. I don't give a fuck. 
Maybe it's because we talk about them on our podcast sometimes. I don't know, but like this week it was, what did Jim Cornette think of the the um, fucking street fight match between Darby Allen and Sting and, and everything? I'm like, I don't care. What did uh, watch this clip of what Jim Cornette had to say about the the barbed wire match? I don't care. Are you He's, not following Jim Cornette on YouTube or something? I am not following Jim Cornette on YouTube, but it it's in my recommended list. And I'm like, nope, don't fucking care. Here's the deal. I already know he's going to say that both of those were just a bunch of outlaw mud show bullshit. So, fuck. I'm an AEW fan. I don't give a fuck what Jim Cornette thinks. Yeah, no, absolutely. I don't know who does. I don't know why YouTube does. I know it's an AI and everything, but hot diggity damn. Um, and then also a misdemeanor to DA Vincent K. Fabe for, I don't know, going to sleep early or something uh, this week, missing this show. Yeah, no, he definitely deserves 100% of, uh, of that misdemeanor. Absolutely. I mean, unless it was some family emergency, and then we're going to feel really bad about this. Yeah, I'll blame everything on you. Yeah, that's fine. That's fair. <laughs> um... I mean, commendations since, uh, you know, to talk about it, since we didn't really do a f- actual WBU after Revolution, even though we talked a bit about it, you know, there were some really good matches on Revolution, even though the ending was shitty. So, um, commendation for AEW Revolution for being the most bought non-WWE pay-per-view since 1999. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. Almost seven million dollars yeah so that's pretty impressive that's telling that a lot of people tuned in a lot of people were curious about either the bob wire match or the new signee mm-hmm. uh, or sting in his first match in five years that's very true or sting um hopefully that number still keeps up uh, and that the barbed wire explosion didn't ruin it for me. Uh, another commendation, I guess, for AEW, since I'm an AEW mark, might as well just go all in on it. Um, they they could not have have lucked out better to have two the two people closest to the mistake be their two be- best talkers in uh, uh, fucking Moxley and. Um, Kingston, yeah. Um, that was hilarious. Yeah. You know, if if anyone's gonna try to cover for that shit show ending, it's those people, and they did it very well. Um, and, Kenny Omega they... in his se- uh, segment and Don Callis in his segment did a lot to help cover it too. But it was the Eddie Kingston, John Moxley promo right at the beginning that helped at least cover up for the shit show. <laughs> Yeah, no, that was really good. And then the whole impact jab. Oh, what did you have impacts budget or something like that? And mm-hmm. you know, I I, necess- I didn't necessarily like Kingston's um, PTSD excuse with he's been to prison and the the the. I was just like, oh, okay, bro, but it's it's not a PTSD moment. It's an explosion that's gonna happen. Doesn't really have anything to do with prison, but. I liked all the jokes that they made. They, they brought up Kenny's video games thing. Hey, you know, this ain't games. You know what I mean? Look at these hands. These hands are a guy who's been in fights, not plays games every day. Uh, really well done. Absolutely. Yeah. Really, really well done. And I really liked Don Callis' whole, um, I didn't want to give you what you wanted. 
I didn't want to give that explosion sort of deal. Um, Kenny Omega has uh, mentioned that it, it didn't go the way it went. So it's kind of a cool way that they did it because they still kind of kept kayfabe alive. Well, the, yeah, that's the deal. They, they're walking two lines. Kenny Omega, outside of kayfabe, has said that he was angry with the way it, it ended, that the, the team that they hired to do those pyrotechnics failed at what they're doing. But in kayfabe, they've come up with a perfectly acceptable storyline for it in cave. Um, that's in itself really cool though i've i've went from uh hating aew for how they were trying to make it into a storyline but the fact that they pulled two cards of kayfabe and non-kayfabe times uh really well done so yeah definitely kudos to them that's a great accommodation for sure and then um I guess it'll fall under commendations. Um, it really is almost more uh, misdemeanor, but uh, Rich Swan for becoming the unified Impact slash TNA world champion. Nope, I don't accept it. Um, I, I mean, I guess congratulations. It's not the way I would have done it, but whatever. Hey. Moose, bro. Moose against Omega? I, yeah. No, I get I get it. I guess their thoughts are flipty you guy versus Omega. Um, but I guess commendation for him, because it's still something he should be proud of. Uh, makes no sense to me, but whatever. And then um, to Finjuice, the uh, first New Japan team since the Forbidden Door has been opened to come to America and win a major American title in oh. winning the Impact Tag Team Champions away from the Good Brothers. So. Oh, oh, okay. So, and that's that's going to have ramifications this week on Dynamite, I'm sure, with the Good Brothers no longer being tag champions. Uh, so you think they'll go after the Bucks? Maybe. It's going to be interesting because officially the Good Brothers are Impact signed wrestlers, but they've been being used more on AEW right now. That's true. I don't know. Um, it's going to be interesting to see because we know at the next Impact pay-per-view, it's going to be title versus title, Kenny Omega versus Rich Swan. Right. Uh, do they also bring the Young Bucks in and do title versus title, Finn Juice versus Young Bucks? Hmm. Uh, if you haven't seen Finn Juice, if you're not Impact or New Japan wrestlers, it's Juice Robinson and uh, uh, Dave Finley, Fit Finley's son. Um, you remember Fit Finley from... Yeah, yeah. Uh, first. yeah. Uh, his son looks nothing like him. <laughs> um, but... Uh, but they're really good. Juice Robinson, uh, if you're not familiar, was on NXT way back in the day. Like, we're talking 2014 uh, as CJ Parker, kind of a hippie character. Okay. And he's gone over to New Japan. And he's really established himself over there. Um, so Juice Robinson is, is is a heck of a wrestler. So that's a, a, going to be some cool matches that take place on Impact for a while. But they're the first New Japan signed wrestlers to come over here and done something major. So that's kind of cool. Um, it's going to be interesting to see if we can get uh, NWA involved with it since they're going back to tapings now. See if we can... Yeah. And I'm sure AEW wouldn't mind. I mean, well, technically they already do, right? With Thunder Rosa. <laughs> Thunder Rosa. Well, Thunder Rosa and Serena Deeb is the NWA women's champion right now. So, and she's a she's, she's an a, AEW oh. wrestler. 
yeah so i would imagine they're already kind of a thing so yeah i don't know many of the stars in uh, N- uh nwa though i'm sure there's a few people i do know but i there are i'm it. sure a few people you would recognize if i said their names to you uh but the biggest one nick Galdis, um was their world champion for a long time i think he's still their world champion uh um, but he had a, a the match at the original All In against uh, Cody Rhodes for the NWA World Title, and Cody won it and then lost it back to him at the next NWA uh, pay per view. Mm. So it would be interesting for me if they if they wanted to do this, um, especially if they try to um, try to do the the belt collector gimmick that they've been hinting at with Kenny Omega, have him win the Impact Championship, and then have him go after Nick Aldis for the NWA Championship. Uh, that would be a heck of a heck of a turnabout to go there. So, um, let's see. Da-da-da. Yep, Nick Aldis is still their world champion. Um, Tim Storm is the name. You know, Mike Bennett is technically a NWA signed wrestler. Matt Cross. If you don't know Matt Cross, I he's he's one of the wrestlers on my list of I I want them in AEW so bad. He wrestled in Lucha Underground as Son of Havoc. Oh, okay. And he was phenomenal. Um, so I want I want to see him at some point if at all possible uh elijah burke is uh the world television champion currently on nwa um chris adonis is there who's used to wrestle as chris masters (laughs) but there's there's a lot of good wrestlers on on nwa that would be nice to see uh crossover a bit here and there and obviously, they've got some sort of good relationship to have Thunder Rosa and Serena Deeb right now. Um, well, as the champion itself, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's AEW's talent. So, yeah, I mean, um, <clears throat> you know, uh, clearly, they're obviously in a good working relationship. It's just NAW, NAW, uh, NWA couldn't do anything. So now, uh, finally, we're going to hopefully get to see some swaps. And maybe even some people over at uh, NWA as well doing a little stuff too from AEW. So should be fun. It makes wrestling exciting. You know, the fact that we can have swaps every so often is uh, just make things more enjoyable, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, it just helps establish a universe a little bit bigger than just just one promotion, you know? Sometimes it gets really boring watching WWE knowing that you're never going to watch someone from outside of WWE or, you know what I mean? There's never going to yeah. be that sort of crossover. And so to have that ability, even if it's, even if it's rare, to have that ability happen on AEW or Impact can be really fun really exciting so but i think i'm done with commendations if you're done then we'll start to wrap things up for this show let's wrap it up uh make sure to like share and subscribe to this podcast on whatever platform you use click that little like button uh to make sure you get notified for each new episode click the share button to let other people know that you listen to this and uh follow us on our social medias you can follow me on pretty much all of them at raw and order wbu you can follow uh da fabe wherever the fuck he posts we're not gonna even talk about him because he's not here and you can follow jlb at 
JLB420. Real Talk Radio is the brand, though, at Real Talk Radio 8. Uh, I recently, I'm going to have Big Brother Week 2 recap up uh, with CC, and we also did a little wrestling thing as well. Since WrestleMania is coming up, we did the five best and the five worst matches with uh, my boy Mike Sinceris. Uh, so, uh, that should be up uh, probably tomorrow as well. So, yeah, things are finally going. I'm uh, finally getting my uh, keister into gear here and, uh, you know, starting to post some more stuff. So if you're into that, uh, certainly go check that out as well. Anchor.fm slash RTR probably should be the website you should check where all the streamings. Yeah, you can also find links to all of this stuff in the doobly-doos for this episode, uh, including links to our Patreon, patreon.com slash rawandorderwbu, where you can support us there for just three bucks a month. Um, or if you'd rather um, get something physical in return for your support, shop.spreadshirt.com slash rawandorderwbu. Um, that's our merch store. You can get yourself a shirt. We just launched the new Rassle Cops uh, shirt on there. So you can head on over there and, and do that. And just, you know, an added bonus because um, it's a good time to do promos. This coming week, starting on March 17th, you get free shipping on your order there. So this this 17th through the 21st, that's starting on uh, Wednesday and going through the weekend free shipping on any order on shop.spreadshirt.com slash raw and order WBU so click that link in the doobly-doos find yourself a shirt or a mask or a, a hat or a sticker that you like and um, um, get that merch and help us out that way um, you can also find links to all of our social media in the doobly-doos as well but on that note, we are going to close the book on the Wrestling Booking Unit. Thanks for listening, and we will see you soon.